Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. And websites, which we often do in the illustrious company of Aidan Donnelly from Davies. Welcome back, Aidan. Thank you very much, Joe. Yes, been a few weeks, a few yeah. weeks off. So yes. rested and relaxed and ready for action now. Yes, I can already see you now, uh, Ray Winston, on the beach, <laughs> lounging on that chair with just you and your speedos. Um, anyway, it's not an image for people no, there this hour not. of the morning. It's got, it's got upset people's <laughs> breakfasts. Uh, can we start with um, Barry O'Halloran in the Irish Times, a story about aircraft leasing companies? Yeah, this is a, this is a very long running saga, unfortunately, and I don't think even with the court case today that we're going to see any sort of a conclusion to it. And basically, it's around a lot of the Irish based um, aircraft leasing companies are trying to sue insurers to get back payments that they lost because of planes that have basically the leases that they had out with Russian airlines when the Ukrainian war started, uh, the leases had to be cancelled. They didn't get the planes back. And now they're looking for insurance coverage against that. The insurance industry have all along said, well, we're not paying you for a plane that hasn't been destroyed. We can see where it is. So therefore, it's actually not uh, destroyed. Today's case is really around where the ultimate case is going to be heard. The insurance companies say, listen, when you entered into the agreement, it was with it was under Russian law. Therefore, you have to bring the case to Russia. Good luck the with that. The lessors are saying we're not going anywhere near Russia. The the reinsurance is done through London. Therefore, the case should be heard in London. So it's it's a, it's a bit of a technical case today, but um, you know it'll be it'll ultimately decide where the case is going to be heard. But it's going to be at least the end of the year, I would imagine, if not early 2024, before the actual case gets to any court, never mind mind a decision being made on it. Yeah, and we're talking about billions of euros in value here. These these planes are huge. They're hundreds of millions of euros mm-hmm. each, each plane. Uh, and the chances of them winning a case in Russia is about 0%, roughly. Um, Donald O'Donovan in the Irish Independent has a story about the value of Irish banks. Yeah, this is on the back of a... a Bank of America note that uh, on, on the two Irish banks, uh, there's not a lot really in the note. But they have they have upgraded their their earnings forecast, and they're basically they have like many of the international uh, uh, banks have uh, nice eye-watering price targets on, on, on the two bank stocks. Um, I suppose in the background, the cynical say, well, they just want to get involved in the the sale of the shares that the, the government have left in AIB and, and, and PTSB, and certainly that can't be denied. But look, ultimately, the, 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 what they're looking at is they're saying that the, the, the banks continue to make profits and they haven't seen the squeeze on, on, on deposits um, that other European banks have. Therefore, you know, they're going to continue to generate decent capital. This will allow them to return some of that capital to shareholders. Yeah, and um, Irish taxpayers will benefit, of course, as well by, by selling these shares at much higher prices than, than they were yeah. 18 months ago. Or, or, or further back, yeah, when the money was originally put in. Absolutely. Yeah. Caught Caden in the Irish Examiner, a story about some of my, my favourite produce in the world. <laughs> Yes, beer production. You see, you're not you're not doing the right thing because, unfortunately, although beer production and exports in Ireland have increased following the pandemic, consumption is actually still below 2019 levels. Now, we're not going to park it all at your door. I I, I think there's not, all uh, of it. De- <laughs> not uh, there's demographic issues I think going on here, but also I think there is, has definitely been a a drop in the consumption of of alcohol across the board in Ireland as as people look to try to reduce uh, their alcohol and also. So 
you know, we've obviously seen a, a, an increased prevalence of zero alcohol beer. Um, it, it was up actually 25% last year. Um, and uh, we're seeing off, off, a low, off a low base. It was off a low base, absolutely, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But you know, when you look to the European, um, you look to the European context. You know, in like of Spain and Germany, zero alcohol drinks have a have a market share of over ten percent. So it, it can actually build up nicely. But I think the other thing that's, as I said, is a big issue is, is demographics, and and unfortunately, Gen Z are not very big beer drinkers. They tend to be much more spirits drinkers. Um, and and, and mixed uh, mixed spirit drinkers, so um, there is a bit of a, a fight for for market share there in those younger age categories. Yeah, it's definitely uh, noticeable that younger people are far more interested in kind of the, the health of themselves and around them than the previous generation. Like the rush to drink alcohol when you're a young person, maybe 20 or 30 years ago, seems to have dissipated that people are going to the gym a lot more. They're watching what they're eating and they're simply not boozing as much. Yeah, that, that's definitely the case. And the type of booze that they're drinking is very much uh, different too because, you know, a lot of them will be, be you know, body conscious, etc. And, and beer tends to be more fattening than, than, than spirits. So that's yeah. what's, what's happening there. To the markets, there was a pretty big sell-off on European stock markets yesterday. Yeah, and look, I, I suppose that there's two things going on. One, you've just got to remember, we're now in July. We've had the 4th of July holiday this week. So markets, there's not a lot of bodies necessarily around and that, and that plays into it. But I think the other thing that, that is important is we've seen a fairly substantial move higher in bond yields right across Europe and the US over the last couple of months. And Really, the bond market is now catching up with the idea that, uh, you know, interest rates aren't going lower uh, because, you know, if you came, as we came into this year, and I've been writing a lot about this over the last couple of weeks and in, 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 in months in my weeklies, that, that, you know, we've seen the risk or, or the, the fear of a recession being pushed out uh, through most of this year uh, so far. And also the degree of any sort of a recession has also been reduced. So that's basically allowing the, the central banks still focus on inflation, which means, you know, if you looked at the start of the year, most people were expecting interest rate cuts by the end of this year. Now we're looking at probably another 25, if not 50 basis points increase in the US, probably something similar in Europe. And, and, and you UK uh, definitely, you know, they, they would have surprised the market last month when they went with 50 basis points. So it's it's we, we're definitely seeing the risk of recession move out. We're seeing interest rates move higher. And also, I think on the equity market perspective, it's been a what we call a very narrow market, particularly in the US in the first half. Like, you know, the, the line share, if not nearly all of the, the gains on, on the S&P 500 was driven by, you know, a half a dozen stocks. And that's not a particularly healthy market. So as we start to see some of these bond yields move higher and more importantly real yields move higher it is going to have a, an impact on particularly the growth year element uh, of, of the stock market and, and we're kind of seeing that come through in the last couple of days but again as I said volumes are not particularly high because we, we've entered into the, the summer doldrums um, for the next two months. So remind us about the relationship between the bond market and equities market because there's two very different markets um, but they do take take cues from each other. Uh, absolutely, I, I I think within the within bond markets are, are really uh, a good guide to obviously what's happening in interest rates, but also what's happening to the economy and. Um, 
for for the the equity market the lead that they take through is really that you know the the bond yields operate as a kind of a discount factor uh, for for future cash cash flows coming from from the equity market so as bond yields go higher it it is uh, more of a, a a kind of a headwind for growth oriented stocks um because ultimately you know there are a lot of their cash flows are out into the future uh, and so when when you're discounting at a higher rate um, you, you see their values coming down but the other thing it does is you know if, if bond yields are moving higher for the right reason um it means that that the economies are doing okay and and cyclical stocks tend to do uh, much better because obviously give, give, the us an example. give us an example of a cyclical stock so things like industrial companies or or material company materials companies commodity companies things like that and even consumer discretionary so retail um, uh, you know consumer products those types of things so they tend to be as the economy does well people buy more of them that's that's the classic example of a of a cyclical stock. Aidan, thank you so much. Have a lovely weekend. Good to have you back, Aidan Donnelly. There from Davies. Breakfast business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.